Welcome to Tried and True. We're back. It is 2024. Uh, we haven't done a pod in a minute, but 2024, Tried and True. We're very excited to have you all here. Uh, it's Mitch and Clay, and we have a lot to talk about. The offseason in particular, um, lack thereof maybe. Uh, we've got some first impressions of spring training already. Um, MLB, a little bit of a shakeup in the offseason. There was some big signings Mariners were not a part of but that's okay. Uh, and maybe some bad injury news uh, for the Mariners as well. Some lingering things out there that uh, may not be uh, may not be totally optimistic for the Mariners season, but we'll kick it off with some off-season news. Mitch, first off, Mitch, how are you doing? How's everything going? Dude, it's fucking good to be back. It is... Uh, Love that. Finally, spring training. We're getting to see first impressions of, you know, some players popping off, Ryan Bliss, all that good stuff. Had a big day today. Um, I am just, uh, I'm happy to see the boys out there playing some baseball in some maybe see-through pants and odd-looking jerseys, oh. but yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's first, a, uh, first order of business, Fanatics. Fanatics, Fanatics is taking a absolute <laughs> beating. Uh, on just every social media platform um there are like there's a weird cohort of people that love the pants though i'll be honest (laughs) like there's a weird community uh women and you know i i have a couple of of friends that have been sending me some some uh texts that they don't mind it either which uh you know is interesting but yeah fanatics (laughs) you know we'll call a spade a spade fanatics just has like straight up see-through pants that they gave yeah. everybody so if you're wearing white pants this year you better be wearing some sort of like uh i don't know those like joggers like you got to wear something mm-hmm. underneath there maybe maybe uh maybe some uh you know tights action some long john silvers like whatever you need to do you got to cover it up you got to protect <laughs> yourself um you know protect Dude, I was- packages so yeah, I was joking about it, but like, if some dude doesn't wear underwear, like the whole MLB comes crashing down. It's over. Like, you got to start mean, there, streaming games I, on OnlyFans. There was literally a picture of somebody bending over, <laughs> and I mean, like, I forget the player, but it's there, it was yeah, like it's, it's there. Inc- it was incredible. It was it was their whole everything. I mean, yeah. if they're bending over, I think it was Xander getting, Bogarts. And uh, some Giants player are like the main ones that were around social Poor media. Guys. Poor guys. Yeah, Fanatics no is just outing, don't deserve it. outing these guys. They don't. No. Um, on top of Fanatics, there was a couple of big signings this offseason. Otani Absolutely. to the Dodgers. We have Juan Soto to the Yankees. Thoughts on either one of those. Obviously superstars in the MLB, but yeah. thoughts on either one of those. I, personally, I think I'm just happy not having either one of them in the AL West since there were 100%. rumors of the Rangers, Angels, obviously, were in the mix still to resign them. But thoughts on those two, or maybe an interesting signing that you uh, felt was at least impactful to the Mariners? I I think it is. I mean, in regards to how much it impacts the Mariners, Otani being out of the American League and out of the AL West is one of the biggest. Huge. Not only that, but Julio now has higher MVP chances, um, which is really cool. Great point. Love that. Yeah, but, yeah, no, that's uh, a great point. But the Dodgers actually, a few things happened this offseason that I think was really interesting. The Mets and the Padres over the last year went from immediate contender with like unlimited amounts of money to mm-hmm. selling everything for prospects and just like instantly building the farm. Right. I. It's. I, I don't think people realize because obviously that wasn't what they wanted, but they're in an instant rebuild. Like both teams went from ab- like having pretty much nothing to having stocked farm systems, pretty decent teams to be honest. Like Mariners like five hundred above, you know, looking teams. I I just don't think um, I don't think people realize. Uh, like it obviously sucks, but. Um, Spending money and when it doesn't work out, still works out. Uh, the other thing 100%. was, yeah, the other thing was obviously the Dodgers just like cheating. They completely changed the game and how players get signed to teams. Uh, deferring contracts to like twenty forty is bananas. Um, 
nobody's ever seen it done. I don't know if there was, I think Brian Cashman had the funniest interview about this, the Yankees GM, longtime GM, but mm-hmm. they asked if the Yankees offered a similar contract and he go and he started laughing. He's like, no, like I don't. <laughs> and he's like, were you given the opportunity to basically match? And he's like, no, like I've never even heard of a contract <laughs> like that, which goes to show you that like GMs and front offices, they're just people too. Like they, like, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, they there's probably tons of front offices or GMs across the league texting each other, being like, "Dude, did you see this contract? Like, <laughs> did you see the structure of this I, thing?" I um, love the and- picture in my head of like the the pirates and the A's like GMs just like dude what is going on are you seeing this like dude, it's a reality Art, TV show or something even Art Moreno is like uh what I could have deferred all that money <laughs> so if you if you haven't yeah. if you haven't seen Shohei Otani's contract please go look it up he essentially is making two million dollars a year uh, for the next I believe ten years he yeah, deferred like the that. rest of his I believe forty million year over year contract to 2030 to 2040 so he will get paid 38 million dollars from 2030 to 2040 when honestly he will not be playing for the dodgers or you know it may be on a a a different contract or something like that but when the contract expires is really when the dodgers have to start paying so a very interesting concept that i don't think to be honest the the mlb loves like I, I don't. Right, yeah. I, if if Shohei Otani wasn't the biggest thing in the MLB and he wasn't Shohei Otani, I'm not sure that the MLB wouldn't you know push back a little bit more on this and be like, yo, like this does not set a good precedent of like just pushing money out forever and ever. Um, mm-hmm. And the Dodgers, I mean, just basically put a bet in that they would like the world to end by 2030, so they never have to yeah. pay Shohei Otani. Well getting Shohei Otani's prime years at $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just absurd. So I, I mean, think and- that, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just not good for the MLB. I'll be honest. Like, I, I just don't think that it's a competitive balance kind of thing. Um, but for, for teams in small markets, I can see how that could be interesting. Although it's kind of like mar- mortgaging, putting a second mortgage on your house. <laughs> right. A little like, bit. Yeah. If you're, if your team doesn't pan out or, you know, something happens, you're still on the hook for that money. Like come 100%. You know, when rent is due, you still got to go pay it. Yeah. And uh, obviously there have been contracts like this in the past. It's why we have Bobby Bonilla day, which sure, is just sure. everyone's favorite day. Um, but even Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey yeah, was Ken the, Griffey's I believe, still getting paid. I believe Griffey was the third highest <clears throat> paid red in 2022. Um, I'll have right. to go fact check that, but I believe we posted that at one point in 2022, congratulating King Griffey Jr. on getting paid the third highest amount for the Reds. So it's it, the deferment is not unusual. I mm-hmm. think the thing that is unusual here in Bobby Bonilla and uh, King Griffey Jr., they were getting the bulk of their payments still. They deferred a little bit of their contract, like they deferred three, four, five million dollars. Shohei Otani is deferring $38 million a year. Like he's deferring like $400 million almost of his money. So like it, this is the unprecedented part that we're talking about. It's not necessarily the deferment concept. It's that you're basically mortgaging all of that. It's a great deal for the Dodgers. Don't get me wrong. hundred percent. The the Dodgers are the, if you're the Dodgers, you're so happy. And like, and it's, Again, it's not that this is the first time it's happened. It's just multiple players on the same team all getting paid around the same time. The 2030s is going to be such a weird time for the Dodgers when I I just I don't really understand it. But um, they'll have a dynasty for the next 10 years. You have to be happy about that if you're a Dodgers fan. Um, And that's not even talking about that's not even talking about Yamamoto signing with right. the Dodgers, one of the most highly touted uh, international projects of this signing. Honestly, it, it, I, I dare to say that he's probably the the most highly touted pros- international prospect since Otani. Um, it, it seems like that was the buzz around him. He certainly yeah. got paid, paid that fair. amount. So um, Otani and Yamamoto signing <laughs> both uh, while also having – Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, you know, former MVPs uh, on your team. It's um, it's an interesting – it's going to be an interesting year, but the Dodgers for sure are heavy, heavy World Series favorites. Um, going away from the rest of the MLB, 
Let's focus on the Mariners a little bit. The Mariners offseason here. Thoughts on how the offseason turned out? It seemed like it was a little bit rocky in the beginning. There was a lot of frustration. Um, I, I think oh, everybody yeah. had really high hopes. So to set the stage a little bit, I think, you know, uh, we were under the impression, I think even the front office was under the impression that they'd be able to get to a certain number. That number, I believe, was around 150, 155 million um, mm-hmm. in total salary for 2024. I believe that changed with some of the TV and regional deals that were made um, 10 years ago. And I believe our budget is now around 135 million. So getting cut about $20 million, you can see how that might impact going after a big arm like Blake Snell, like Cody Bellinger, Jorge Soler. Um, So some of those players immediately kind of chalked off the board there, or so it, it seems like Uh, Matt Chapman, we can throw in that, that list as well. Um, But, you know, as they stay on the market and their values seemingly start dwindling as every day passes in spring training, it gets more interesting. But the Mariners turned it around a little bit in the offseason. The Mariners seem to have a a couple of good trays and things like that. So give me your thoughts on the Mariners offseason overall. I I think a lot of people want to hate the Mariners for not spending, which I totally understand. I I definitely get it. John Stanton is a bastard. I hate him. But overall, I, I just don't see how you can't see the offseason as a win. Mitch Garver signing was one of the best hitters on the market. If you think otherwise, yeah, you don't know ball. That dude is insane. Um, Gregory Santos uh, was another great trade that the Mariners made. A third reliever to back up Munoz and Brash something the Mariners definitely needed. I Honestly, I was actually fine with the bullpen as it was. DePoto seems to pick relievers up off the street and turn them into great baseball players, so I wasn't too worried about it. But now having him along with Gabe Spear and Trent Thornton and you know a, a bunch of the uh, Saucedo, a bunch of really good arms in the bullpen, yet another year of the Mariners having a monster bullpen, probably. Um, Outside of that, traded away Robbie Ray, probably for the best. Um, didn't get rid of Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. Huge, in my opinion. I, I think Huge. I think if you were trading one of those two away, you were getting a, a monstrous haul, which no team was going to give up. So I was, uh, I was completely fine with that. Um, yeah, uh, grabbing Hanniger back, if he's healthy this year, he's going to be really solid. Um, I, I know he didn't play well last year, but I just don't care. Hanager's a great player. Mm. Yeah. And then the Luke Rayleigh Caballero straight across trade. Phenomenal. Just uh, perfect Love stuff. That. Yeah. Perfect stuff. And what about yeah, you? It, 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 I mean, you're, you're hitting on all the, uh, you know, highlights of, of the Depoto masterclass that he really yeah. put on towards the end of the off season. Honestly, very impressive how we were able to recruit recoup. Um, it's honestly unfortunate that they didn't know going into the off season that this would be the case. It yeah, seems no like kidding. they would be able to have a couple extra months to kind of prepare. Um, but overall, I mean, great. It it turned out to be, I would say, a, a B, a B offseason. It wasn't perfect because you didn't have the money to get to the A. Um, but overall, I don't know what more you could want from the offseason. Like, you shored up your outfield positions. You got a little bit of depth. And we're seeing this spring that, lo and behold, the Mariners have more depth than we originally thought they had. They have a lot of pieces that are, uh, you know, right there or, or very close, at least a year out. Um, that they really like. And they also front loaded their draft class last year with a bunch of bats. The yep. three first rounders that the Mariners have all high school hitters, which means all 18, 19 year old hitters. Um, and we saw one yesterday, Cole Young, that is already. I mean, two RBI double yesterday coming along really nicely. So very, very impressed. So, 100%. I was actually looking at the 2021 draft the other day, and that was Harry Ford, Brian Wu, Bryce Miller. That was just, dude, so impressive. That could actually be one of the best drafts the Mariners um, 
have for a while. Although 22 and actually really just 23 is going to look really good too. Um, with Ty I mean, Pete, Cole Emerson, and one more I forget the other. If you really had to judge the Mariners on player development, drafting and player development, where we are now, bef- then uh, where we are now compared to where we were with the Jack Z era is oh, like not even close. <laughs> it, it, I mean, we would hit on like one prospect every three years, but like besides that, we would like rush people up. Dustin Ackley, I'm unfortunately looking at you. Like there was a bunch of kids that didn't even make it to the league. Nick, Nick, uh, what's his name? Nick, uh, Frank, Nick Franklin, first round Nick draft Franklin. pick, you know, ended up being a Tampa Bay Ray. Was I, Brad I just, Miller part of that? I, I can't remember. He was kind of part I, of that. He was either the year before um, or later in that draft class. But, but yeah, same rules stuff. apply. Yeah. Yeah, same rules apply. So uh, definitely something that is much improved, which I'm excited about. Also, a article coming out that Julio was one of those people that were ar- – arguing for keeping Bryce Miller and Brian Wu, which so dope. that's just iconic. Love that. Dude, I, I mean, I, it's the yeah. easiest thing to look at and be like, you know what? We've got to trade some of one of our strong suits for a weakness that we have on our team. Um, but it takes real like strategy to be like, you know what? We're going to keep our core together and we're going to really develop the guys that we think could be in those places in Polanco. Yeah. Lo and behold, Polanco comes along, the price gets Dude, a little yeah. bit cheaper for him, and he shores up a spot that has been just a disaster the past couple of years. And so very excited for a mainstay second baseman. Um, we haven't really had one since Robbie Cano, really. Um, and so excited about that. And then third base is really the only only place of, of need. What are your projections for Urias and Rojas there? That's really a tough one. When you look at Rojas, he's had a rough time in the MLB so far. I think he started off the season pretty tough, but the second half with the Mariners, past the trade deadline, he was electric. Like the the kid was a completely different player. I don't know what it is about um T-Mobile that he did so well in, but um I'm kind of excited for him to be honest. I I would love to see Josh Rojas become a really good player. I don't really know much about Urias, but I Dude, I don't know if there's much to know. I, he just—he's kind of a whatever player. He's—he'll be there for sure. He'll be out <clears throat> um, taking some at bats and playing third base. But I don't think we're expecting really anything from third base this year. Um, one thing that will be interesting is what the outfield will look like within the next few years, left field and right field, depending on what Haniger does this year and how Canzone does and um, Cade Marlowe and it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up, but I'm, I'm pretty excited for this year. I think they did a lot and I think they did enough in my opinion. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I think that it, as the off season progressed and you started seeing players like Mitch Garver, Mitch Garver, Luke Rayleigh, Polanco start mm-hmm. coming along and you're like, Oh damn! Like they're they're actually putting together a nice yeah. little off season. Like, yes, was it unconventional? Of course. Would we want to spend a little bit more money to go after some of these other guys? Sure. But as we've talked about many times on the podcast and uh, on Twitter, this is not. This was never the off season to spend money. It was last <laughs> off season. Yeah. Like, like when you have Carlos Correa, Trey Turner. All of those big boys that started picking their spots and Francisco Lindor was on that list. Like, yes, overpriced, maybe, sure. But do they fill positions of need that are desperately needed in the MLB? That's the premium price that you have to pay. So 100%. As as those guys went off the board in 2022, that offseason into 2023, I think you really saw the Mariners have kind of this facade around them where it was like, oh, don't worry, guys, we'll spend in 2023. And everybody's like, why? Like, there's there's really nobody. If you told me Cody Bellinger would be the prized possession of the offseason, I'd be like, dude, get out of here. Like, come on. Yeah. He, yeah. He had a great 2023. Glad he bet on himself. He got paid for it. Really happy for him. 
But Cody Bellinger is not his MVP self. And that is no. not the guy that I want, like, to be fair, like, I don't want to pay him $100 million to sit in left field for, I think yeah. he's probably going to hit 220, 230, one, 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 if not two of the three years, maybe have, like, a little bit of a bounce back. But, like, I think he would be a total flop at T-Mobile, to be honest. I think he would be, like, a 20, 22 home run guy. 230 and probably get booed in his last season getting paid 35 million dollars a year like that seems like that he was a perfect uh, candidate to be that guy it's tough not to be pessimistic about this draft class when it's just filled with robbie ray ish guys when you're looking at blake snell blake snell obviously better than robbie ray in my opinion um but it's just right like uh, the point you're making is very is very uh specific because there's a lot of these guys, Blake Snell, like, I hope nobody forgot what Blake Snell was before he won the Cy Young last year. Blake Snell was a guy that was almost on the outs of the MLB, barely made the Padres roster almost. Like, he had a five-plus ERA the majority of some of these seasons. And yes, he went through some injuries and went through some issues with the Rays, but, like, he was a guy that was, like, before his before his Cy Young year last year, people were wondering if you would get a second big contract. Yeah. Like people were like, he might be a prove it guy, go somewhere for, you know, 10 million a year, be a back end starter. And then, you know, that's kind of his career. You know, he could have yeah. easily floated off like our boy Mar- Marco um, and, you know, thrown 87 to 88 and, uh, you know, run off in the sunset. But, you know, I'm happy for Blake Snell, Seattle guy. Uh, he's going to get his money no matter what. There was a report that came out that the Yankees offered him $185 million over six years, which, you know, would pay him $30-plus million a year. I think that that I, – I I don't know what else he wants. Like, getting a <laughs> six-year deal, yeah. $30 million, like, you were just – and I might be over exaggerating. He might not have been on the outs of the MLB. Like he was going to find a home, but like he certainly wasn't. If I, I don't know what the odds were for him winning a Cy Young last year, but they had to be outrageous. Like yeah, yeah, a ten dollar I mean, ticket he, probably paid out wasn't a, two thousand. Yeah, he, it wasn't a Cy Young winner in twenty twenty two. Obviously, like he he wasn't even close. And then he's just had some inconsistent years. Is all we're saying. Yeah, we're it, same with Bellinger. So year, Bellinger and yeah. Snell, Bellinger and Snell are in the same boat. Like, yeah, they, they had those 100%. MVP years. They had those high young years. But typically, like, if they regress to the mean, the mean's all, not all that great, guys. Like, yeah. the mean is not, like, somewhere that you want it's not something to you pay want, somebody yeah. $30 million for. So, And after um, the Colton Wong, um, AJ Pollock of a season we just had, it's really hard not to, you know, take a look at those guys and think, well, the worst is absolutely going to happen to the Mariners. So let's <laughs> yeah. not do that. Listen, um, it's not even this last year. It's 21 years of like pain yeah. about free agents. Even, I mean, listen, Cano at least had a couple of years, right? <laughs> so yeah. Cano's not on that list of like just terrible. Cano Cruz years were nice. Yeah, like we're, we're not going to put them on that list. But like there were some years where, you know, the free, I mean, Richie Sexton comes to mind. Adrian Beltre comes to mind too. Like we, we love Adrian Beltre. But, like, dude, he totally mailed it in for the Mariners until he went <laughs> to the Rangers. Like, if you look at his stats, uh, literally, like, MVP candidate for the Dodgers, gets a big contract with the Mariners, dips all five years he was with the Mariners, and then all of a sudden rejuvenates his career with the Rangers and is, like, an MVP caliber player again. Total bullshit. Total <laughs> bullshit. Like, I like the guy, but that is bullshit, dude. Like, yeah, it's just it, it's so frustrating having somebody like that where you're just like, I don't know. We got Marine layered. I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So it, it really um, just feels like we're always flipping the coin. Like you either get Nelson Cruz or you get Teoscar Hernandez. Like 100%. these both players, really good, incredible bats. One just shows up, one doesn't. It's, yeah, it's I, obviously they're putting an effort. It's just tough. Yeah, there's one guy that I do want to highlight from this offseason. That's Gregory Santos. White Sox guy. We we really yep. traded him for a bag of chips, essentially. Um, and back-end guy that can throw 103, has had some shoulder problems in the past, is going to start the season on the I.L., most likely it seems. Um, but really nice arm. 
really nice. I remember Dude, um, yeah. when he was facing the Mariners this this last season, and the amount of break that he has on a two seam fastball at 103 miles an hour it's gross. is just disgusting. Just like one of those <laughs> freak of nature has the perfect arm slot naturally, has the arm strike naturally, and he has this 12 to 18 inches of run on a two seam fastball that just seems outrageous. So um, I'm very excited for Gregory Santos and it might be even more important to get Gregory Santos healthy because there has been a little bit of rumors coming out and we'll talk about, you know, we'll shift gears from this off season talking about some of the things we liked of the off season to some of the things now in spring training are coming out and Matt Brash has had some arm things happening. Nobody really knows what's going on. Service is being a little bit cagey about uh, what's going on with Matt Brash and how severe potentially his arm injury is. But uh, Matt Brash showed up to spring training and all of a sudden after a few days of throwing in the pen, um, he's saying he's got a couple of arm issues. So on a scale of one to 10 here, how worried are we about Matt Brash? Is this something that... Is this that's something a, we're worried about for 2024? Um, that's kind of tough. Because to be honest, I don't even worry about Andres Munoz, and he was hurt for a lot of 23. Um, I just think of those guys as workhorses. Like they just don't. They just kind of do their thing. I don't think it's too much cause for concern until I hear a report that some crazy injury has occurred and he's going to be out for a while. I'm not really going to believe too much. Um, I think they'll go a little soft in spring training, bring him up to speed. I think we'll see him opening day. I don't know if we'll see Gregory Santos. It seemed like his stuff was taking a little bit longer to get figured out, but um, Matt Brash, I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to take the opposite side here a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Uh-oh. I Armageddon. like my 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 worry meter is is decently high on this one. And I the I think the reason why is because I've been waiting for this a little bit watching mm. Matt Rash throw. I'm I'm nowhere near a like engineer expert of pitching mechanics anything like that. But when you Matt, hear Matt Brash talk about how he throws a slider and how he throws it as hard as he can, like he throws a fastball. It just gives you the impression that there might Warms be a lot heart. of, str- yeah, it, there <laughs> might be a lot of straight on that that right arm. Yeah, um, and you never hope for an injury. That's definitely not what's happening here. I just, I have just got the little gut feeling over the last two years that with Matt Brash's innings being where they are and how we use him and how he throws the baseball there is eventually going to be some problems with Matt Brash. Like it just seems like there is a high likelihood that he is going to have some type of, uh, of injury. Um, and you hope that he stays healthy. I hope that we can be optimistic that he's ready for the, the season, but with how cagey service is uh, on his injury, it just seems it just giving me like, Hey, we got a second opinion and he he's out for 2024. That, that is just, (laughs) listen, that is just like, I've seen this time and time again, where the manager plays it off, plays it off, plays it off. And all of a sudden you hear from uh, Shannon Dreyer that he got a second opinion and old uh, Dr. James Andrews is doing an old uh, Tommy John (laughs) surgery. Like that is, that is literally the order of operations here. So I'm hoping that I'm like the doomer, here um and and we don't hear anything like that shout out uh andrew clark because him and i actually talked about this when matt brash first came to the major leagues um we loved matt brash his slider is just outrageous literally i think it's the best pitch in the mlb like i would fight anybody on him that slider being the best pitch in the mlb but just being a baseball guy and watching baseball like it just seems like that arm I don't think anything can hold up the arm and what he's doing um, with that slider. And there's a reason why nobody else can throw a slider <laughs> like him. So that, um, that is a, that is kind of a good point yeah. that you make. There's a reason no one else is doing it is because they just can't <laughs> like, like yeah. physically it's, it's just hard. Um, totally possible. I just, I think that's Mariners fan syndrome. Uh, I, 
I understand why you think it. Totally. I'm all right yeah, on it's, it. It's Robbie Ray throwing one inning of baseball in 2024 and, oh. you know, being on the I.O. all year. Um, yeah, I mean, we touched on yeah. it a little bit in the offseason. That Robbie Ray trade really – Mitch Han- Hanniger comes back. I think it makes yeah. everybody feel a little bit better. It warms everybody's heart a little bit. But kind of an odd trade, to be totally honest. Yeah. I think that it offloaded – a bigger contract that the Mariners saw wasn't, you know, living up to the hype. I personally didn't love the Robbie Ray signing at the time. I thought it was cool that the Mariners seem seemingly were going at it or going after it. Um, but I was a, uh, I was a fan of um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but who the blue Jays actually signed. Um, Kevin Gosman. I was a huge fan of Kevin Gossman and it made me dislike Robbie Ray a little bit to be totally truthful. Dude. Um, oh, and so this squad with Kevin Gossman, holy fuck. Yeah. Dude, Bryce yeah. Miller coming out of the pen. Mm. Mm. Kevin Gossman. Mm. Oh God. Yeah. That's not, all and, right. And, and it's one of those armchair quarterback things. Like as it works out, you're like, see, yeah, that's right. Sure. Kevin Gossman, like yeah. dope. Robbie Ray literally won a Cy Young the year before. Yeah. So like you understand why people people would be like, of course Robbie Ray's our guy. Um but he yeah, had a tough time with trade... the Mariners too. I I wish him the best. I know a lot of Mariners fans are still pissed about the playoffs and stuff like that. I who Stupid. cares at this point? Stupid. Yeah. It's yeah, we're that's... over it. Surveys put him in the game. No one cares. I hope he uh I hope he bounces back I still, with the Giants. To this day, That'd be awesome. I still to this day think that that the pitch we're talking about, obviously the 2022 playoffs, Robbie Ray, Jordan Alvarez. Absolutely I still think to this day, Jordan Alvarez was going to hit that home run no matter what. <laughs> no matter yeah. who was in the game, no matter who, what pitcher, Paul Seawald, whatever, that hack that he took, that first pitch Robbie Ray threw, that was going, that was going to be the hack no matter what pitcher was in the game. Like, I promise I'll, you. I'll never like, forget he, it. He, he was going to hit that ball 450 feet, dude. no matter who was throwing that ball. <laughs> that guy was like a Sandlot villain. Like, all of a <laughs> yeah, sudden, he literally, he literally comes out like the biggest dude you've ever seen and yep. just thwaps a ball uh, to space. I Yeah, it was actually just – I literally heard – the the villain music in the background, like there were drums and shit. I, it was it was this, you could see it coming. It this just, might be my the most Mariners take ever, but Mariners fan take ever. But it really did feel like we had the Astros that year. <laughs> like, like, like it's crazy to say because we got swept, but like uh, that first game when we lost that walk off, like that we should have won that game. Obviously, yeah, you like. There was a couple of walks in that inning, I believe. Like it just the bullpen management was was really shifty that day. Like yeah. if you win that game, and then the second game, I, I forget all the details of the second game, but second game second was game within, was close. It was close within reach, and then you lose a eighteen inning game in Seattle. Like it really felt like if you won that eighteen inning game and you won the first game, like you would. They had a chance in that series, so that's my craziest say, yeah. take of all time it's, because they got swept and got dunked on. So like everybody's <laughs> like, obviously no chance, but it really felt like it was way closer of a series than people give it credit for. I'll just say they were the closest out of every team. Everyone else kind of got shit on. I hundred percent. I think the Mariners were competitive the entire series. Uh, yeah, it was it was great, but um, I don't think it's too far off. Yeah, no, really frustrating. Um, and honestly, it it gives me it gives me a little bit of pause just because the 2022 season reminds me of a lot of the 2014 Seattle Seahawks, where like losing that Ooh. at the goal line, like it's such a heartbreaking loss Ooh, that like yeah. it genuinely is hard to recover from. And luckily, we have young enough guys that have shorter memories, and a lot of those guys yeah. didn't experience it, like Brian Wu. Bryce Miller, George Kirby, I don't even think was really a mainstay on that team yet. So, like, it really, it really feels like we lucked out having such young guys that can't remember the absolute despair that we were in that year because the 2014 Seahawks, like, they remember that forever. 
Like it literally yeah. ruined a dynasty. Like if they won that 2014 Super Bowl, they're probably going to win two more in the next four years. Like genuinely, like it would have kept Sherman in Seattle would have kept. So little football talk, but like the LOB probably wouldn't have been such a disaster. Half of them probably wouldn't be in jail today. Um, and it would have been way better than we are now. I but do now we're here think, yeah, Brandon Brown is fair... serving a life sentence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's I, I do love that the first podcast back, we're just immediately back to just 2022 heartbreak. <laughs> it's perf- That's on brand. To be honest, <laughs> that's actually um, a very Mariner fan thing to do is be like, dude, yeah. do you remember how close we were? Dude, are you kidding? <laughs> Robbie Ray really surveys? <laughs> dude, uh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's one of those things, but, but dude, all right. So, uh, so, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So just speaking of sort of the, some of the off season stuff that we haven't actually gotten to, JP Crawford, Ty France driveline. Julio, I'm actually afraid he's going to burn out mid-season by how much he's been working this off-season. Um, they're actually holding him uh, from spring training for the first week because he actually needs rest. Like, he's been doing so much. Um, I, it's really cool to have a superstar on the team that just gives so much of a fuck that you have to, like, bring him back and stop him from, like, doing as much as he wants to. Um, yeah, I would love to see a Ty France bounce back. I think a lot of stuff has been done this off season to sort of rectify what went wrong in 2023. So pretty excited for 24. Yeah. I think that if you aren't rooting for Ty France, you're just not rooting for the Seattle Mariners because if first base is an area of need in 2024, it, it, it shifts the whole plan this year. Like we'd be looking, we'd be looking at the deadline, things like that that would be it, to be honest way uglier than Ty France just succeeding like that's <laughs> the truth of it like yeah if we if, not struggling but if we're like a 50-50 team make the playoffs not make the playoffs you know at the deadline and Ty France is one of those guys that is struggling there's going to be some guys that are free agents this offseason Pete Alonso if the Mets aren't yeah. you know good like they might require a Bryce Met like let me put it this way. If Ty France is not good in 2024, we potentially are going to sacrifice Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. And so Ty France, that's on you. <laughs> so like if, <laughs> nice, if you play yeah. bad, you're, you are literally giving up Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. That that's your, yeah, role. no pressure, dude. Yeah. Go for it. Go, go hit some balls. Yeah, please. Um, he already looked like I'm, I'm not going to overreact this spring, but, um, he looks thinner. His bat speed uh, looks to be a little bit better. He's a lot quieter at the plate, which I like. I personally like. I always thought that um, when he would, he's he's really streaky, and part of that was because he's so noisy at the plate. I think that he just get in, gets in grooves where he's really good, and then grooves where he's not not so good. So I, see what you um, mean, yeah. I think being being quieter at the plate is going to make him, you know, a little bit more consistent. And uh, you know that it's a long ass season. 162 games. It's just those ebbs and flows are are brutal. So um, excited for that. Um, but Hanager and Garver, yeah, as vets to back him up too. I think is going to be big. Yeah, speaking of Garver, he hit a home run uh, today as we're Fuck, recording yeah. this. Um, Mitch Garver, huge pickup. I think yep. it's going to be one that probably is going to be the biggest of the off season. To be completely honest, pending Mitch yeah. Hanniger being healthy, I think Mitch Garver has a chance to do something really special again in a position that has really struggled. The DH has been a revolving door of just master classes of strikeouts and terrible OBPs yeah. and and doing some research, the DH spot for the Mariners literally ranked last in the league in average OBP and OPS in 2023. So we can literally only go up from here, but Mitch Garver being an answer to that spot while Polanco um, is at that second base spot. I'm really excited for both of them to anchor spots that have just been horrific. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Honestly, when you're looking at like a quadruple a player like Mike Ford and he is saving (laughs) your season, you just, you have to look around a little bit. Like, it really just felt like the Mariners were good in stretches by the skin of their ass last season because of players like Mike Ford, 
coming out of nowhere or Jared Kellenick yeah. actually playing well or JP Crawford playing out of his mind. Like you, at some point, these players have to stop, you know, playing so well uh, yeah. out of their mean. Yeah. But yeah. Well, speaking of Kellenick, I uh, noticed that you've got a Kellenick jersey on. Dude. How are we feeling about that? Dustin Ackley that... 2.0. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> are we feeling about. That purchase that is fresh as of what August well, of last year. Honestly, I it's better than any <laughs> Fanatics jersey right now, so I'll take it. <laughs> it's authentic. It's stitched. Yeah, no heat press. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we might just have yeah. to you know restitch over the lettering. You know, whoever gets number ten this year, we'll we'll see. But yeah, you got the Julio jersey, and I got the Kellenic one. I don't know who came out on top on that. <laughs> Uh, I remember Shit. texting about this specifically and being like, yeah, that's a bad kinda idea. Risky. <laughs> risky, dude. Kind of risky. I like, almost got an Otani jersey. I was, I was close. Actually. <laughs> I did see dude, somebody wore this. Dude, I did see somebody wear a, uh, Cubs Otani jersey at a spring training <laughs> game. <laughs> Like yesterday, it cracked me up. I was like, was so how many, funny. How many like other team Otani jerseys are there out there? Probably, Dude, probably thousands, right? Like delusional fans around the <laughs> United States. Uh, let it me can't be this, just like, me. Which which fan base do you think that besides the Dodgers, which fan base, uh, Dodgers and Angels, obviously, but which fan base do you think that has the most Otani jerseys? Blue Jays, hundred percent. <laughs> Blue Jays, dude. That that flight notification that some oh, dude God. put out that was like whole like holy fake. By the way, immediately people are buying Otani jerseys and oh, like man, yeah, dude, that was Brutal. so funny. Brutal. Uh, honestly, this oh, off season was hilarious. Couldn't happen to a better fan base in the Blue Jays. Yeah. Man, dude, those, I hate the Blue those Jays. Blue Jays yeah. fans are ruthless on Twitter. <sighs> on Twitter and just in real life, like just. Going to T-Mobile during a, a Blue Jays series is horrible. It is Dude, a people always time. say like, uh, people always say like, oh yeah, well if you don't want them to flood the city, then you know go to the game up, and yeah. you know represent. It's like, dude, I've been to a game where Blue Jays fans are there. Like they make it genuinely miserable. Like yeah. it's <laughs> you a you guys all it, suck. Yeah, it is literally the worst game or series to go to of the year because yeah, those Blue Jays fans yeah. are brutal i mean like i i remember going when i was young and they were like talking shit behind me i'm like nine years old and i'm like dude <laughs> this is brutal stuff yeah um, it's it's so. not what you want to see when you go to your team's park to watch your team win a baseball game yeah and you're imagine just getting being like, a sp- uh. imagine being a spry nine-year-old thinking that the whole <laughs> world's in front of you that everybody loves your team in your hometown mm-hmm. And getting to a Blue Jays nope. series in Seattle and noticing <laughs> that you are literally the minority in yeah. the stadium. That is That's tough. not great. Not great. All right. Well, shifting gears a little bit to spring training. We're four games through uh, this spring. We're not even in March yet. So naturally, we have to overreact to everything that's going on. Ryan Bliss with a three-hit game today. Um, Canzone went yard. Garver's gone yard. Um Let's see any other notable. Uh, Cole Emerson had a had Aniger a two, went yard uh, in his first. Aniger went yeah. yard. Uh, Emerson had a or sorry, Cole Young had a two run double uh, yep. yesterday. So you know, exciting things. There's there's things happening all around. I think the pitchers have been okay. Kirby got touched up a little bit. That was kind of annoying. Um, Luis Castillo breezed through his two innings. That wasn't really anything of note there. Yeah, it's spring training's whatever. Like Kellenic hit 300 last year in spring training and then yeah, it was like 380. Yeah, dude, he was crushing. I and will it, say to like, be, his first half, he was really Yeah, he was rocking. he was really good. 100%. Um so, spring training is our world series. Yeah. Yeah, I it just goes to show that spring training does matter and we should pay attention. <laughs> no, it's it's just what I want to see is new pitches. I want to see velocity. I want to see um, some of the players that got picked up off waivers. Always happens every season. I don't know half the people in spring training. The Mariners have gone to the flea market and picked up 15 new bullpen pitchers and um, second baseman and stuff like that. So, um, 
yeah, just want to see a little bit of contact. Want to see people having fun. It's uh, it's just I all I want to see is some baseball and uh, Mariners play it. So, yeah, any uh, any people that you're or players that you're like truly excited to see play this this spring because you're curious about. Obviously, Ooh. I'm I'm Julio's had like the rumored like hand issues i'm excited Mm -hmm. for him to just be out there honestly and present just so we can stop the julio injury talk but um yeah anybody that you're genuinely excited that's kind of out of nowhere that um you know is is, uh fight either fighting for a position or maybe some playing time dude oddly enough i i really do like the cole young talk just because he is up and coming and he's probably closer to mlb than most people want to admit um but Tyler Lock Locklear, like I, I want to see Love that. a little bit yeah. more. Because um, watching Ty France is is nice, but I've seen a ton of at bat, bats from Ty France. I'm kind of good on that. I want to see like all the AAA, Double A players. Locklear has been in the system for a little bit now. I, it's kind of now or never for him. Um, so I yeah, I want to see a little bit more from him. What about you? Well, yeah, Tyler Lockley uh, is one of those guys that like I'd love to see more of. And the only problem is if we see more of him, like something it's yeah, something's <laughs> yeah, catastrophically so, like, wrong. Yeah, so yeah, so I like that it that is one thing that I'm like a little afraid about. Although I think he he's going to be one of the more underrated contributors, whether it's this year or next year. Sure, there's a lot of those, but um, to be honest, I think I'm mostly excited for Ryan Bliss. It's a like super uh, vanilla pick. I think a lot of people are excited for Ryan Bliss, but he just he tore up AAA. Um, it's his second year in AAA. He's knocking at the door. I think he's going to push. Here's what I think is going to happen in the next two years. I think whether it's Ryan Bliss or it is going to be Cole Young, I think one of them is going to push Polanco to third. I think that that is a very mm. likely scenario where – they get their spot at second base, move Polanco over to third. He's already not a great second baseman uh, defensively. Defensively, yeah. And, and so I think that uh, Perry Hill, just like he worked with Gino, he can make him a little bit better defensively, serviceable. He can move over to a problem area, and we can have an up-and-coming second baseman of sorts. The other hybrid to that is with an aging JP and him also not having great defensive stats last year. Um, we could potentially move him over to second base, Polanco over to third and have Ryan bliss or um, Cole young at shortstop in a position mm-hmm. where they feel a little bit more comfortable. So either one of those, but the biggest thing is here. I think Urias, Urias and uh, uh, Rojas, they're two players that I see as weaknesses on this team. And if we can replace them as fast as we can, I think that that would be the best idea. I know Chapman's been sure. thrown around a lot. I, I personally don't give a shit if we sign Chapman or not. I don't think he makes yeah. us like any better, but Rojas and Urias, like you, you look at it and it's like, that's the nine hole in the line. Yeah. You yeah. know, like immediately pretty consistently. Yeah. Those, those two are going to be bringing up the rear. I don't right. think we're so, going to see too much change from that either. And no. in regards to some of the players coming up or just in AAA, it's uh, a lot of it. It's just kind of unlikely that a lot of people will work out. So there's a lot of people in the Mariners farm system that are just going to fall off at some point. And it's whether it's in single A, double A, or once they hit the MLB and kind of have a Taylor Trammell of a season where it's just they they can't really see it as well in the majors that they do in, you know, triple A. Um, it'll happen. So I, I think the players that we have now are pretty serviceable and anything that comes up in the future is going to be pretty cool if, uh, if they, are, you know, show their worth. I think Cole Young is one of those people for sure. Ryan Bliss is a little bit more of a question mark and then uh Locklear is like for sure the the most questionable of those three if you're just looking at those three in general but yeah totally agree um i i just think it's fun to have 100%, the amount yeah. of prospects that the mariners have the amount of talent 
And then having the draft class that we had last year, seeing one of them already pop up into a top 100. We haven't even talked about Lazara Montez or any anybody like that who is incredibly young, not Dude, ready yeah. by any means. But, you know, that Jeter Martinez, like kids like that that are like ultra young, but they're mm-hmm. coming. You know, they yeah. they might be in the uh, they might be a year or two years behind a Cole Young, but a year or two years behind Cole Young might be that they're here in 2026. Like mm-hmm. that could be a possibility where they're pushing people at 2026, which, you know, if timing works out in our favor here, it's going to be a perfect handoff between, you know, a Thai France potentially, you know, maybe taking sure. a, a, a retirement trip with another team or just retiring in general or, and JP doing something similar by 2026, 2027. So, um, yeah, I, I love that for the Mariners. I don't think that that's happened in the past. I think that we've always rushed to get a team together. Um, but we really have like, a a good amount of talent in the minor leagues as well as the big leagues. So yeah. Well, um, Mitch, anything else that you had for, you know, some off season talk, some, uh, first impressions of spring before we jet off. I know that you and I are going to do a preseason, uh, or a, a season preview here in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, anything that you had that, uh, you wanted to talk about that we missed. Dude, I think we're good on it. Honestly, just, cool. uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter and, Join our uh, Twitter community. It's uh, it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Our X community is uh, over 600 people now. So people talking Mariners every single day all across the oh. world. Uh, shout out to the UK Mariner fans. Uh, I see that they've been getting together a couple of times a year. Shout out them. They've been really cool uh, to have in the community. Also, we're going to start live streams at least every month. So uh, if you haven't uh, haven't hopped on that bandwagon, make sure you get in the community. And we will have dates for you guys that we're going to do live watch-alongs where you guys can be in the chat watching games with us. Uh, Mitch and I are really excited to do that for everybody and get some of your favorite Twitter personalities in there as well. Um, got some lined up already that you guys will will enjoy. So um, appreciate everybody listening, and we will see you guys later.